and then you look back and you're like, I am a totally different person. And I think part of that is because of the struggles you go through, um, you can't grow without struggles and being uncomfortable. That is like a big thing. You want to like embrace being uncomfortable because you will not change. Southwest Florida is one of the most beautiful places on the planet to live. For those of you that are thinking of moving from other states to come to Florida, or even just moving to a different part of the state, I want you to think of a big, beautiful luxury home. Contact Legacy Luxury Builders. They are a family owned and operated luxury residential construction company. As a family owned business, they believe in the power of building not just homes, but legacies. Contact Legacy Luxury Builders. Unlock your true potential on the field and court with our peak mental performance program for athletes. Train your mind to conquer challenges, stay focused under pressure, and achieve unparalleled success. Our expert coaches will guide you through personalized techniques, enhancing concentration, resilience, and confidence. Picture yourself outperforming your rivals, making split-second decisions with clarity, and achieving victory like never before. Join us today and elevate your game to new heights. Peak Mental Performance Program, where champions are forged in the mind. Email me today, sean.french at thedeterminedsociety.com for more information. See you inside. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Determined Society. I am your host, Sean French. Today, another action-packed episode from an SEC women's volleyball team. Yes, Mallory Downing from the University of Georgia, about to tell her story that she showed up on school campus in Athens and found out just before her freshman year uh, playing volleyball for the Bulldogs that she had a hole in her heart yes a hole in her heart from a very common very notarized virus COVID-19 now think what you want about the virus I'm not here to debate that as you guys know I just bring people stories and I'm super excited for you to hear her story today she is a specialized defender again for the University of Georgia women's volleyball team and I am super happy to have her here so without further ado Mallory Downing Welcome to the show. Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. So, uh, yeah, Mal, thanks so much for coming on. Like, I was bragging on you uh, through the intro, um, you know, about how amazing your story is and what you overcame as a young adult going from high school into college, um, you know, into the SEC and dealing with some things, right? Um, that, that, most kids going to college for the first year don't have to deal with. But before we get to the serious stuff, let's just let's just have some fun real quick. So, um, favorite TV show? What Game is Game of it? Thrones? Easy. Game of Thrones, dude. I never got it's into so, that. It's so good. It's the best. Really? It's the best TV show ever, and will ever be created ever, minus the last season. It is just, it's a masterpiece. Okay, so you're gonna have to tell me why, because I'm gonna tell you there is a zero percent chance. I'm going to watch it. So I want, I don't, I, I like the whole dragons and I don't know, but like, why, why is that show so great? Cause everybody talks because, about Because Well, so you try and get in the first season. You're like, I can't do this. Like mm. there, what is going on? Yeah. Like, this is weird. Mm. There are so many different timelines and the dragons are so cool. And then you just like, all of a sudden you find yourself sucked in and you've watched it for like, Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Life yeah. happens, audience. Sorry. Um, but so yeah, it's amazing. I love okay, it. Okay, cool. I mean, my wife yeah. loved it. I, I didn't watch it. I'm I'm more of like a uh friends guy, uh the office, mm -hmm. but uh and in most recently, I'm not gonna lie, Virgin River on Netflix. Me and my wife watched that, and then I'm, I'm telling you, likes I, that. I don't know. I'm I'm not into it. I <laughs> I love Love is Blind, too. Oh, no. Like, I, is... I can't do reality shows. No. I'm oh, I like, can. Those... I love Family Guy and that's Entourage. That's good. Okay, you're an old yeah. soul because that show is I love bomb. Entourage. That's the best show ever recorded. That's the best yeah. show ever. Ari Fisher. Like, oh, Ari my God. Or whatever. He's the funniest TV character ever. He's so funny. I, 
ever. Like the if they were smart, they would have done a yeah. spin-off just on mm-hmm. Ari Gold. And and they killed it. Like they just they just up and killed it. And now, you know, we just have to go back and and watch that excellence yeah. in a replay fashion. But it is what it is. So um, all right, favorite food. Sushi. I love sushi. I love like all types okay. of like raw fish with all the sauces okay. and the rice. You can put anything in it, I'll eat it. Okay, so um, where is your favorite place to eat sushi in Athens, Georgia? There is a place called Chuck's Fish. Actually, I have two. There's Chuck's Fish. That's like nicer. I'm going to spend a dime. I'm going out with my girlfriends and we're going to drink wine and have expensive sushi or my parents have to take me because I'm not paying for that. (laughs) Um, And then there's this place called Shakatini where it's a little more casual Mm -hmm. And they're giving you like these big rolls that are like, have all this like crab meat and are like tempura mm. deep fried and they're so good. Oh, that yeah. sounds so good. That sounds so amazing. All right. Last fun question. Favorite music artist? Mm. I, people ask me this all the time and I never know. I have a few. Um, I just saw it. I just went to the Taylor Swift concert and I do love, I she, love her right. music, but I don't like her that much. Um, I'm honestly, just because Jimmy Buffett just died, I think I'm going to have okay. to say Jimmy Buffett just be. Okay. I never got into his music. And in fact, like I liked Kenny Chesney until he started doing like the whole Jimmy Buffett thing. I, just not my, not my gig. Yeah. Not my well, gig. My dad Respect is like Buffett. obsessed. He's like from Miami. He grew up listening yeah, okay. to Jimmy Buffett. He's obsessed with it. So, I mean, I respect it, right? I just, I never got into it. So, um, all right. So let's get into it a little bit. All right. So you're, you're from central Florida. You played your high school volleyball in your club days there. And, um, talk to us about your journey as a volleyball player and, and the type of not just physical preparation, but mental preparation it took for you to get to where you're at right now at Georgia. I mean, that's not an easy feat going to play uh, a sport at in an SEC school. No, it was not easy. And sometimes I look back and I'm like, how did I get through days? Um, <laughs> and I, I had my heart defect too in high school that I had no idea I had. Um, mm-hmm. so I was always tired, no matter how much slept I got, I would either be dizzy or tired. And I, I just like literally pushed through that. My, my heart was just like not pumping enough oxygenated blood, but that wow. doesn't even matter. Um, I went through six hours, seven hours of school and then went to weights and practice. And we practice like three to four times a week for club volleyball. And then, We'd be off at these tournaments all weekend and then we'd go right back and like go play another weekend. I remember one month I like literally didn't go to school. We were always playing volleyball and then I was in a lot of AP courses. I remember mm-hmm. um, it's obviously not as hard as college is at all. Um, not even right. comparable, but like no. for a young kid, I think it's crazy how much we do now. I mean, it's, it's insane. And and the one thing that I can tell you, because when I was playing my junior college baseball in California, because that's mm-hmm. where I'm from. And then I got to LSU, I wasn't ready. I wasn't organized. I wasn't strategic. So like the one thing that I find is super important right now is time management and organization yeah. for, for student athletes. Can you walk through, cause I, I have a lot of younger athletes listening. What I would love for them to hear is some of the time management and organization strategies that you implement daily to, to really kind of go through your, your travel stuff, your, your academics, and then just game day too. There's just like a lot of stuff that goes along with it. It's not just waking up, going to school and, and going to play. Oh yeah. I am right? like super organized. Something about me is, um, I'm when you said like old soul. So I am like currently on the search for jobs. I have been, I'm a real estate major. I'm like trying to get into real estate um, investment, all this stuff. I'm very organized, very on top of my school. Um, I would say first thing syllabus, syllabi, syllabi, 
come out. It's yeah. syllable. That's it's multiple, like right? Syllable. Like you never know. Yeah. Um, the, it, the target moves yeah. all the time. It's syllabi whatever. week. You have all your dates out. You have a hard copy, like planner, like old school mm. calendar planner. You write everything down, your whole travel thing down. You get, you email your professors, you do it. Tell them I'm missing this test. I'm missing this. I'm missing this. I just want to front load. Um, you want to have a good relationship with your professors. And um, a big thing too, I think coming in that athletes should know is like, no one's going to do it for you. Um, mm. That's a big thing. It's like, you're kind of on your own. Like my mom used to do everything for me. I came to college and I didn't know how to do laundry. I remember I moved into the dorms <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I got down to the laundry room and I was like, what am I doing? Like, I have no idea how to turn a laundry or a washing machine on. And then I kind of realized like, oh my God, like I have there, this is just not even the beginning of it. Like there's so much I have to do by myself. Um, so just knowing when you come in that like, there is a big load you're going to have to take on and mm -hmm. it takes a lot of effort and that's just not even lifting weights or practicing or anything to do with your sport. It's coming in, you are on your own, you have to get good grades, you know, there's a life after sports. That's what I always say. You're a student before you're an athlete and there's a life before sports or after sports. Mm. So many good things that you just mentioned there. The first one I want to tackle is like learning to do life on your own. And that is something that, you know, my ex-girlfriend back in the day, she told me, she goes, I don't know if you're ready to be off on your own. Like, can you even take care of yourself? I'm like, well, yeah, I just don't have to right now. But when I get out there, it's just like you really appreciate all the things that your your family has done for you because in the midst of all the studying, all the practicing, all the weights, all the really – and like the socializing, let's just be honest. Like it's the SEC. It is an amazing social life. It is the best, right? You've been on campus for two national, you know, football national championships. That shit's badass. Like that doesn't get any better, right? So like you have to juggle your personal life too. But all the while, like, oh God, I got to go do my laundry. Like when am I going to have time to do this? And so like, you know, it's it's funny because I I always think about that when my my athletes, I stay really close with them. As you know, like I, I, I work with athletes, right? So uh, have a, I had a bunch of freshman baseball players just leave. Right. And they're, you know, division one baseball players now. And I'm like, Hey, y'all good. Like, how you doing? And they're like, coach, I'm great. But Oh my God, the game just moves faster. Life moves faster. I was like, Oh no, because you were in the simulation before like high school is the simulation in life because you don't have a whole lot of worry. Mm -hmm. Right. The only thing you're really worried about is like that. Where am I going to be like next year, you know, or the years following? Um, but if you're really good, you have a place to play. You know where you're going. But like that's all you really were, were worried about is playing good, getting your scholarship if you're an athlete and going to have fun with your friends, you know, trying to manage that. But like when you get into college, there's just so much more to worry about. Like you said, emailing your professors to tell them like, hey, I'm going to miss this test, this test. You know, I'll be gone this date because you don't want them to think that you're an athlete. So you think you can slack off. I don't play football. Right? I can't do that. <laughs> well, that's funny because, you know, I, I remember um, getting on campus in Baton Rouge. I thought because LSU back then, you know, I'm dating myself here. I was like 01 to 03, right? So I'm almost 45 years old. So that was like the heyday of LSU. They wanted a 91, 93, 96, 97, 2000. And I showed up in 2001. I was like, dude, this is going to be a cake. I'm going to walk in, into the classroom or the, or whatever it is. And it's going to be fine. No, they were actually harder on the baseball players. I remember seeing football player. Oh yeah. Really? It was. Yeah. Dude. They, they, it's, it's really just football that they're easy on. Um, yeah. Money. Oh yeah. Money. It's football. Money. It's it's football mm -hmm. and then every other uh Olympic sport. We call ourselves yeah. Olympic sports and then football. Mm -hmm. It's totally different. Yeah, you know. You know, it's uh it's funny because I, I just thought it was gonna be different because we were winning the national championships. I mean we were Oh, in baseball, we you were guys were winning the national championships. Baseball. Oh yeah. And then um 
I, I quickly learned that no, it was still football. Like it was football. And that and Saban was there. That was his first year. And in 01. And then they did okay. And then in 03, my last year, they won the Natty. And from that point on, every single coach at LSU's won a national championship, right? It's just the win one, and then they'll be average for you know six years after that. But I digress. But no, there's just so many different things, right? There's so many different things to uh, to to really juggle. And I just love for when I interview athletes to talk about that stuff because, you know, like for the for the young ones listening, they need to know what they're getting into, right? They, they truly need to understand that, you know, the work doesn't stop once you get there. It's kind of like where it begins. Did that, did that kind of hit you a little bit when you got there and, and, you know, on that, at the playing level, like, Oh my God, I think I was a special scenario because I came in during COVID and all my classes Mm -hmm. were online and the season Mm -hmm. was like split up and delayed. Um, Mm. but it definitely, once things got like normal again, yes, there is this huge sense of pressure um so I didn't really feel this until my sophomore year my freshman year I was more dealing with like the surgery coming back from volleyball um doing like Mm -hmm. one in-person class my entire freshman year freshman year academics was so easy because it was during COVID yeah but um no my sophomore year I remember it was my first year back in in in-person classes first normal season um and I called my mom like a weekend. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I have never Mm -hmm. felt like this before. I, it's like this impending pressure that like will not stop, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I feel it. And it's like, it's coming from everywhere. It's not just athletically, it's academics, it's socially, it's really trying to manage your life. Mm -hmm. Right. What are some of the ways that you found that were useful to deal with that? Because that is an important thing to share with the audience. So I am a huge believer in um, like a balance. I think student athletes, you are like, you need to define who you are outside of your sport. And for me, I had to kind of go back and remember like, what did I used to like? Like, who am I? I kind of had to have like a, a... come to Jesus with myself. Like, who am I? Like how I I want to be like happy again, you know, who am Mm -hmm. I? So I remembered like, okay, I love being social. I love having tons of friends and, um, having a huge social life. But then at first I didn't do that because COVID and season and all that stuff. So I was like, okay, I need to devote time to like hanging out with my friends outside of volleyball. That was like, number Mm -hmm. one for me, like making a social life for myself outside of volleyball and finding like hobbies for myself to do. Mm -hmm. So like, um, I would just like go on walks with a friend that I met from like another team or, um, Mm -hmm. another friend of mine and I would like go on walks every Sunday and it would like during season and it would be just like those small things help so much. Cause it just like, takes your mind off of volleyball. Um, you kind of get in this, um, bubble during season where like, you're only seeing your teammates. You're only talking about volleyball. You're only like Mm. thinking about volleyball. It's like all the time. You're like, okay, you need a distraction. You need a release. You can't do that all the time. Yeah. That that's something that like, that doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you, you go through, you know, the evolution of every single year of college, every year of your eligibility calendar. Then when it's done, you go into real life. Right. And it's like, when, when you get into, right. Cause we talk about high school being the simulation and then college is real life. And then you get into like, you know, beyond graduation, like, damn, that was also a simulation. Now I'm into this, you know, into this real thing where it's like sink or swim, right? So that impending pressure is always building. And what I find as a professional and, you know, a coach and podcast host, a husband and a father, it's like, if I don't find that one thing that I truly love and I can connect with, like outside of all that stuff, like the stuff that Sean likes, like I'm going to go batshit crazy because I, I, you know, doing this, right. What we're doing right now and having conversations with amazing athletes and professionals, like that takes a lot of energy, like 
out of me, right? Because you always have to be on. And, and I talk about this all the time. It's like every conversation I have, there's certain conversations that I've had and, and people say, hey, that's one of the best episodes you've ever done. Like you were dialed in. I'm like, no, I wasn't. I was an anxious mess before I hit record. And I was crying 15 minutes before because I'm just, I have the life sucked out of me, right? So long tangent off of what you were talking about of the the finding the hobby, you know, finding who is Mallory. All of you that are listening right now, listening to this, this amazing athlete, she's wise beyond her years, talking about, you know, finding the one thing that makes you who you are, that hobby, that love, even if it's going for a walk with somebody else other than your immediate circle that you feel like you're always around, like it can really enrich your life. You know, what are some of the things that you learned about yourself doing that? I, so I feel like I've learned so much about myself over the past like four years. Um, Right now, I'm kind of helping one of my freshmen out on my team. She's um, kind of struggling a little bit getting acclimated. So I've done a lot of reflecting, I feel like, from myself freshman year to now. And I kind of think like just the growth that you do over these four years is insane. And then you look back and you're like, I am a totally different person. And Mm -hmm. I think part of that is because of the struggles you go through. Um, You can't grow without struggles and being uncomfortable. That is like a big thing. You want to like embrace being uncomfortable because you will not change if you're not. Um, I've, I've met people who like don't go through anything and they are like, stay the same exact person and do not grow at all as a person. So um, I, think that you can kind of look back as things happen to you and you say, okay, like, damn, that was a really crappy thing that I went through. And that was really, really shitty. And I was really down bad during those times. And then you kind of think, okay, well, look at me now. Like I am, I've grown so much from that. So I think a like mindset really plays into that. This is, this is like, I, we're in it now. Like, this is the flow. Yeah. Like what this show's about Mallory, you know, it's so funny when I had um, our friend Paris on, you know, we hit it at minute 11. There's always that inflection point in every single episode where it just goes, fuck, yeah. there it is. Like, this is what we're here for. You're talking about the growth over the last four years. Personal growth is, I have goosebumps. Personal growth is something that back in the day used to be like, kind of like, oh, the frou-frou stuff, like you know, the hippiness, but like now it's like, literally, if you are not growing as an individual, you are, you are Mm -hmm. decaying, right? It's either you grow or you die. And when, and when we're playing sports and when we're peak performers in any industry, so if you're not an athlete, but you are a businessman, a businesswoman, entrepreneur, or just a sales professional, it doesn't matter. Like if you are not trying to grow as a person, like getting better and you're, you're strengthening your mental aptitude, you know, your mental muscles. If you're not building those, you are going to fall flat on your face. Yeah. What, when was that? So you've been through a lot of adversity and we're going to get to exactly the, the one thing that I think was your biggest adverse moment, you know, going into school and what you've overcome so far that I hinted to the audience. They're probably sitting there like, Sean, it's minute 22, 21. Can you get, to the actual beef of the Can story. Can we hear about this girl's heart already? Can we hear about the whole yeah. of her heart? How she's, you know, so we're going to get there guys, but I got to build, I got to build it up. Come on. Um, the thing is like that moment and all that struggle and all the rehabilitation and getting well, that built a stronger Mallory. Why don't you walk the audience through that whole evolution? And here's what I mean by that. The routine EKG. No big deal. No big fucking deal. We're going to go and we're going to get worked on. They're going to check my ticker and I'm going to be all good and ready to go. Walk us from that. Um. Okay. So yes, routine checkup. It was like two days. No, no mm-hmm. leeway. Or maybe they called me like a day after and I was like, what's, what's the deal? Like, why can I not practice yet? Right. And they're like, okay, come back in, like come back in. We'll just, 
I think I made a mistake. It was like the cardiologist was like, <sighs> it's on my end. Like I yeah. just didn't take a good enough look. And then he yeah. did it again. And they're like, okay, something's, something's wrong. I don't know. I think it's just a pinpoint hole. Um, so many people have it, you know, we can go in with a catheter through your groin, fix it up. You'll be back yep. in six weeks. Like you're totally fine. And then, um, so they sent me to a more specialized cardiologist because, um, mine in Athens was like, okay, I don't, I don't, I've never dealt with something like this. I think I'll send her to Atlanta. Um, so I met with this new doctor. We got some more tests. I don't know. I was in all these tubes and mm -hmm. all these liquids were like going through me. It was insane. Mm -hmm. And then I remember, um, this was when my, like, I don't even think I've recovered from this. I, this is like the moment I've been struggling to recover from since like for four years when I walked into my cardiologist's office and he was like, no, it's this big. And I was like, that's okay. Um, and he was like, well, we're going to have to do surgery. And I was like, mm. and then he, and I was like, let's, let's be in, <laughs> like, where do you surgery where, like, where do you cut? And he like did this long, like motion down his chest, like just kept moving his finger down his chest for like seven inches. And I just like broke down and he was like a super smart guy. Um, some doctors are so smart. They don't have like the people skills. And I asked him, I was like, okay, well, I mean, we'll just get it done. Not too many risks. And he's like, oh, so many risks. And I was like, so many risks. Like what? <laughs> Doc, work yeah, with like, me here. Like, I'm, positive, I'm just 18. I'm a child. Like I can't even do yeah. my laundry. I literally oh can't do my laundry God. and you're telling me this. So, um, yeah, I remember that was like a super traumatizing moment. Just him, uh, drawing his finger down his chest. I, what was the trigger point though? Like, let's talk, let's talk about that. Cause there's so much there. Like, I want this to also be a catalyst of something that helps you work through this. Mm -hmm. Right. So what was it about this? That was that huge point. Um, I think I was just scared. I like, mm -hmm. I didn't know a ton about that, but I think it was like someone's having open heart surgery. And I think of like Grey's Anatomy or like, <laughs> I've only heard of like people dying doing that. Like something's wrong. Yeah. Um, so I think that's like, it was just traumatizing. Like I was really scared. Yeah. Um, Cause things like I that are, they're very like, they're severe, you know, I don't very stare. Yeah. It's a hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a rotator cuff, not a rotator cuff. <laughs> no, not at all. All right. So you go in there and you're like, all right, it's cool. No big deal. It's like putting on a bandaid, no resting. He's like so many, so risks. many risks, so many. So he's freaking you out. How long before? Okay. So how long until that moment until you are literally going into the OR? I think that happened around July 20th, like or that happened like around July 20th. And then they scheduled surgery for August like 14th, which was, I mean, okay. that could have only happened because I was an athlete, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, I had to do it at the children's hospital because it, this was during COVID too. So only mm -hmm. my parents mm -hmm. could be there. Um, I couldn't have any visitors. My brothers, um, my brothers couldn't go. Um, I remember that was really hard for them. Um, your brother just had a birthday, right? Yes, way, right? he did. He just turned 34. Happy birthday, yeah. big guy. Um, but yeah, I remember they couldn't go. No one could go. Cause it was during COVID, which was sad. Um, that's scary, yeah. man. Dude, that's just like the whole other icing on the cake, mm -hmm. right? So for those of you that are that are listening and and have your thoughts about COVID or whatnot, we know we don't get them to them on this show. I believe in everybody's right to have their opinion and their experience based on that virus and 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 how the roles played the, its role played in their life. But for like an eighteen year old 
already a scary moment. You can't even see everybody that you love so much. That is just the most fucked up thing on the planet. Yeah. I'm sorry it is, you know. How did you how were your parents through that? They had to have been scared. Oh my gosh. My mom probably lost like she probably went from 120 to 95 pounds. Oh, oh yeah. Um they not well. Not yeah. well, yeah. I can imagine it's just really hard as a parent to be strong in that in that in that whole situation because you know as parents you you want to be as strong as you can be for your children. You don't want your children to see you buckle. Um you know, you don't want them to see you scared because you want to, you know, give that vote of confidence like, "Hey, you're good. You're good." But I I mean, it, there's only so much you can do as a parent because you're also human, right? And we have we have those feelings, so I, I can imagine that your parents were extremely worried. Hell, like when my kids fall down in the street, I'm like, oh no, my, especially my daughters, my little girls. I got two little girls, a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. And when those girls get hurt, it like crushes my yeah. heart, you know, and, and it's just, it's a different thing. So, all right. So let's get back to the, the you know, obviously an adverse situation. You're not playing that year. Um, you get surgery and, you know, beginning to middle August to talk to us about the recovery and just kind of where your mind was, because you did mention mindset. So how did you work on that and how'd you utilize it to stay positive? So mindset was not okay. I wouldn't say I, I can't say that I, um, I came out super positive. I would not say that at all. Um, yeah, you'd be crazy. Yeah, if you did. it was. I don't care what any. I don't care what anybody it said. It was a really, yeah. really tough couple months. Um, mm -hmm. I remember the like the pain. I never felt a lot mm. of pain before. I, I had like torn ligaments and stuff like that, but um, no actual pain. So what they do during open heart surgery is they um, they cut your sternum in half with a saw and then they retract your upper chest bones like mm -hmm. your whole upper bones area this and they retract it do the surgery for an hour put it back um and that pain i it was insane it was just like you can't breathe. It like hurts to breathe. And then I remember like I went back to the hospital because I thought I was dying, but I was just really in so much pain. So yeah. my mom forgot yeah. to give me an oxy. Um, it was like an hour. She messed up my schedule, my, my, my med schedule by an hour. She forgot Shit. to give me an oxy and I am like freaking out crying i'm gonna die like you have to take me back to the hospital i went back to the hospital had a twenty thousand dollar ambulance ride from athens to atlanta for them to tell me like you're just in pain um so that was like what's crazy and now whenever i get i'll randomly get um spouts of pain around here oh i'm sorry ah it's a popular girl tonight um no, yeah. Seriously. So I'll just get like random uh, spouts of pain and I will freak out. Like it's kind of like oh, when I no. feel certain pains, I am like, yeah. oh my God, it's happening again. Like that feeling of not being able to breathe. Um, like if I breathe, it's going to hurt too much to breathe. So I can't breathe. It's really. There's so much trauma oh, there, dude. God. And so it's like, so it's like, it's not the pain that, and and, for, and and I'm going to guess here. What I would assume from this conversation is you, it's not the pain that's getting you to freak out and put you in that spot. It's the, it's the trauma from what happened. You're like, I can't go back there. Is this, am I going backwards? Do I got to deal with this yeah. again? There's something to be said about that, right? Because now you're in your senior year, yes. correct? So you're in your senior year and you're in your, and you're playing and you know, you're not back to where you were, right? But we can, like, the human mind is so funny the way it works, right? We like to play this this game where we go, 
oh no, this is like that time before, right? It's like that time before. And then we draw all that anxiety and play on the emotions of maybe two to three years ago in your case. But for me, I can date it all the way back to when I was a child. Yes. It's it's a crazy thing. How do you manage those emotions? Jeez. Um you you have to you when you have those emotions, you can't ignore them. So you can either I've learned you can either totally avoid them, which comes back to bite you in the butt. You don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. It works temporarily, but then you find yourself having Bandit. dreams that you're crying. You're like, why am I dreaming right. that I'm crying? Like, that's so weird. Um, yeah. Turns out you just suppressed like a ton of emotions. Um, yeah. Or you you feel the emotion, you name the emotion. You talk about why you're feeling like that. And you try to set a goal for the next day of like how you can fix it. Mm. It's crazy. I did an actual, I did some content just like that the other day, like name the anxiety. It was for sports parents though, right? That they're just like crazy when they're watching their kids play. Cause that's like another thing, right? Like parents can get super loopy while watching their kids. Holy shit. Like it is a whole nother podcast. It's a whole nother topic, but like naming the anxiety and, 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 and really moving through it. And I, and the, a couple of weeks ago, I had my friend Brittany Richmond on the show, and we talked about moving through instead of pushing through, right? And this is exactly what you're talking about. The pushing through for athletes and for individuals is like suppressing that emotion. I'm just going to push. I'm going to push because that's what a good worker bee does. We push and we and we go, right? And we're going to work hard because that's what we do. And then like a month later, emotions are all over the place. It's like that, that one day where you just wake up and you're just so cooked mentally, like and emotionally, it's like you spin out, oh, right? Yeah. You have We've a all spiral have, that, and it won't. We, we have those moments. Like we all have them. Like I have them, I have them in this business. I have them in the show. It's like one day you wake up and you're like, Oh my God, I'm in, a, I am an anxious mess and I have to get out of this. And for me, like, to be honest, like I, I've always been very real on my show and, and telling people where I'm at. Last week was that week for me. That was my spin out week. And it was hard to get back on track, right? But what I did was I didn't push through it. I moved through it. I called people. I, I let them know where I was at. I'm like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. Oh, yeah. Connecting with life. people that you have deep connections with, that is a huge one. You have to, right? And and like and like for me, like I had to, I really opened up to my wife. I'm like, hey, baby, this is how I'm feeling. Like I'm feeling like I'm getting depressed. Like I, I know this is temporary. Like I just need your help. And we talked for like, I mean, she talked to me for about, I don't know, probably 40 straight minutes of breaking me down. Like, this is who you are. This is how I know this is where you're at. And here's how we fixed it last time. So can we repeat that? And I'm like, okay. And then I started executing on that on Monday and it is Wednesday and I'm already feeling better because I, because she knows me so well. So for everybody listening or watching is like, reach out to the people that aren't going to make you feel better, but reach out to the people that know you the best, right? That, that can really give you insight if there's a pattern, right? Like, Hey, you're going through this pattern or this is your cycle. Now, you know, this is how you're going to get out of it because we've done this before, but it's just super important to open up because you know, how many athletes out there and how many individuals aren't opening up right now and they're, and they're making decisions that cost them their life. It's happening a lot, right? So the idea and what works is this is how I'm feeling. Can you help me get through it? right? Because that is moving through something, right? And we're not saying shut down and stay in bed and don't, don't do anything. We're saying acknowledge your feelings and still move. Like literally and and your hundred percent may not be the same that day. You know, like there's times where if I'm feeling that way and if I want to, if I know I have to go to the gym because it's on my schedule, I'll just go a hundred percent of what I got. Right. But like you build those mental muscles at that point, right? Like, I just think it's super, super important to talk about. Yeah, for 
sure. I mean, a feeling is just a feeling. It's nothing mm-hmm. but a feeling. So it's just a mm-hmm. thing in your mind that everyone gets. It's not who you are. I love that. It's not who you are. You know, just like when you're performing on the courts or on the baseball field, football field, or whatever sport you play, your your performance is not who you are. No, it is not a reflection of who you are. You are so much more than your performance in a game, at practice, anything. It's one of the hardest things to drive home. It, it really is it, because as an athlete, we grow up and we are judged on our performance, on how good mm-hmm. we are. We are treated based on if we're a good athlete or not. Now, your experience in high school is completely different than the other girl that's not playing in an SEC school. I'm going to tell you that right now, right? And that's not okay, right? And so it's like these old school coaches need to start learning a little bit, right? Of like, okay, I need to start praising attitude and effort over talent, right? Because that's what matters that like, that's that person. Right. And I, I mean, I, I always found it disheartening that, you know, I can take it all the way back to 2003. That very, that last out was recorded in my baseball career was done. I didn't know who I was. Yes. I am about to be facing that. Yeah. But you're much smarter than I was (laughs) back then. You have much more insight. You've been through so much, right? I mean, I had my injuries. I had a blood clot. I almost died oh too. Goodness. Like, I, I mean, I, I, it was, it was nuts. It was, it was nuts. It was my going into my sophomore year in junior college, scariest moment of my life. Right. Thank God it was from an injury. They called it a trauma event instead of a blood disorder. Cause if it was a blood disorder, I would never would have played again. Like dream over gone. Right. But like that whole thing of, you know, at LSU, like I never materialized to what I know I was capable of because I had a, I had that blood clot in my sophomore year in college. And then when I got to LSU, I had a torn up arm and I got hurt. And so I'd have surgery and it took me two years to come back. But it's like, was that, was that menta- was it just my weak mentality? Like, I think it was, I think I was scared. I was scared to fail. So like it goes through this whole cycle right? If we're not careful, like you can really impact the next two to three years of your life by choosing to feel one way about yourself. Scary. Yeah. Right. And so that's why I love talking to athletes because, and, and, and really working with athletes is because like y'all got to know that this is just something that you do. It may feel like this is who you are, but like, you know, and, and you seem to already believe this, but I'm going to tell you when you're 44, you're like, oh my God, Sean, that's like so old. That's like ancient. But like when you get to that point, you're going to look back and you're going to have zero regret because you fought through something so big. And there may have been moments where you weren't at your best mentally. But I can tell you, like my passion for this comes from the simple fact that I do have regret. You know, and I, and I, my mission is to make sure that every athlete I work with and have a conversation with doesn't leave anything on the table, right? And they understand who they are when they leave. They understand when they're done with their sport. And I think it's so important because you're already on that journey. You know, you're already looking, like you said, at jobs, you're a real estate major, you're going for walks with other people, you're you're exploring who you really are, right? Yes. I, I go in to this, sometimes I get like, if I'm too deep in my thoughts, I'll I'll start to think like, how would I have been as an athlete? Like, I wish that didn't happen to me. Um, I would have mm-hmm. been such a better athlete. I, I could have done A, B, and C. I could have done whatever. I could have been way better. Um, but then it's like this trade-off of what I be who I am. So mm. I, I, a part of me is like, I wish that that never happened to me and I could have done this and been a better athlete. But then I'm like, I don't know if I am who I am. And then I'm like, I wish I knew what I knew now four years ago, but also you can't just, you can't just know. 
yeah, you can't. You have to go through the thing that you went through, and now you are who yes. you are. And then, like in four years, you'll be like, oh man, I wish I would have known that then what I know now. It's like the evolution. Like if you're not saying that to yourself every few years, you're not growing. Like you're not. And and it's super important because you mentioned earlier just you know the the value of knowing yourself, right? The value of truly knowing who you are and what you stand for, I think is super important because otherwise all the other things, especially the noise that you guys have these days, like, dude, we didn't even have, we didn't have Facebook when I, when I played baseball, we didn't, we didn't have anything. I wish, I, we, I wish. Dude, we didn't have, we didn't have Facebook. We didn't have MySpace. Nothing. Nothing. It was just like the only thing that we were worried about was getting off the bus and like, oh God, are the fans pissed? Like that's that's the only thing that we really worried about, you know, or the the people, you know, come into the, you know, stadium to watch us practice and, you know, acting like it was the actual college world series and it's just an inter squad game. Like that's what we had to worry about. We didn't have social media. I don't know how you guys navigate it now. Oh, I I am like the least I try and keep that away from my life as much as possible. The mm. only thing I'm like, if I'm on TikTok, I'm looking at like funny videos, like they're yeah. <laughs> like sports highlights. I think that when I hear like, especially like some of the younger girls talking um, and they're saying like, oh my God. And I, I saw this girl on Instagram or like you, did you see the pictures that, well, I don't know. It's like, mm -hmm not good it is no it's not, not good. good this whole comparison mentality that younger people are going through is mm -hmm. not healthy and they really never are going to know who they are because they're always trying to compare themselves or be someone that they are not i, I mean that means you know they're never going to oh, be never. happy like, right you know, because they're going to get to one level you know yeah they're yeah they're like they get to one level they get to another level there's a mm -hmm. new devil like every single time that's anything in life, right? Like new level, new devil. It's one of my sayings. Like, but the other thing is the, mo the moment you continuously compare yourself to others, you are robbing yourself of the joy of being in the present. And like, that's what the present is. It's a gift. You know, it's like a gift. You're here. Just like the dude in the elevator said to you, day's great. I woke yeah. up, dude, like, you know, it's like something like some people say, but you can tell when someone says it and they actually mean it, right? It's just like, dude, that's I love that. It's impactful. But listen, we got to land the plane here. Um, I absolutely love listening to your story. And thank you so much for telling it to the audience. I, I know it's going to touch some people that, that are going through things right now. I want you to think about this. For those of you listening or finishing up listening to this episode and you hear Mallory's story of adversity, open heart surgery at 18, you know, fighting through that, especially during the hard times of COVID where her whole family couldn't even be present to watch her get better and to be there to support her. And, um, you know, ask yourself, are you really having a bad day? Cause you know, I was thinking about this earlier and I told Mallory before we hopped on the recording, I was listening to one of Andy Frisella's shows today and they had a guy named Nick Jones on the show talking about his experience and, you know, January of 2020 and they were still, you know, hunting ISIS members. And he literally saw two of his, you know, brothers, um, get killed. And I thought, I sat there and thought to myself, like, man, is, is my job really that bad? Like, you know, is my life really that bad? Like I haven't seen that in my life. And so when you hear other stories, ladies and gentlemen, it allows you to appreciate what you have and to be grateful for what you have and who you are. So, you know, Mallory, thank you so much thank you for, for having me. coming yeah. on to the show. Absolutely. You, you're awesome. Best of luck. Um, the rest of the season go dogs. And when I hit stop on record, just go ahead and hang out for a little bit. And, uh, everybody listening, thanks again for sharing the episode. We have this past week has been a crazy, uh, listen, um, listen week. You guys have downloaded over 2000 episodes, 2000 plays. I thank you guys so much. I love you all. And, uh, share this episode out with the athlete you love so much. And until next time y'all be determined. 
Southwest Florida is one of the most beautiful places on the planet to live. For those of you that are thinking of moving from other states to come to Florida, or even just moving to a different part of the state, I want you to think of a big, beautiful luxury home. Contact Legacy Luxury Builders. They are a family-owned and operated luxury residential construction company. As a family-owned business, they believe in the power of building not just homes, but legacies. Contact Legacy Luxury Builders. Unlock your true potential on the field and court with our peak mental performance program for athletes. Train your mind to conquer challenges, stay focused under pressure, and achieve unparalleled success. Our expert coaches will guide you through personalized techniques, enhancing concentration, resilience, and confidence. Picture yourself outperforming your rivals, making split-second decisions with clarity, and achieving victory like never before. Join us today and elevate your game to new heights. Peak Mental Performance Program, where champions are forged in the mind. Email me today, sean.french at thedeterminedsociety.com for more information. See you inside.